This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pods to attract and retain real A players. Join us for the next hour where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Culture podcast. And I am here with Jeremy McLiver. Say hi, Jeremy. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hey, I am really excited uh, to talk to our guest today. You know, Jason, he, he loves to dream. He loves to play with matches. Where's flip-flops? I haven't heard him say dude, but he says he says dude a lot. So we're going to see if that comes up today. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Plays rock and roll way too loud. Loves to bring clarity to creative people. I know he has a passion for creative people and says right here, he loves Jesus a lot. I resonate with that. So I, uh, you know, just getting to know Jason a little bit, he's, uh, he's been busy a long time in the virtual space, got a couple of podcasts, definitely an expert in what he does and has such a passion for serving his clients and helping them take their next, uh, their business to the next level. So uh, I want you to uh, welcome Jason Blummer of Blummer and Associates. He's the CEO over there. They are a CPA firm. And Jason, just welcome. You know, thank you for being on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I, I love what you guys do and stand for and say, and you know, the message you, you put out you know, to a lot of hardworking people that, yeah, entrepreneurship's hard, right? But it can be a joy uh, too. And you can, you can make it in this world. So I'm pumped to talk about that. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's just start a little bit with your background, your history, your journey. How'd you get here? Um, I heard you've got like 15 years of podcasting experience and I don't even think podcasts have been around that long. So tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. So tell us the story you told us. So, <laughs> no, so, so I've run, my partner and I run two different businesses, two online consultancies. And one is a firm, as we, we mentioned. And so I've been doing, you know, I've been in the public accounting space for about 20 something years. And I guess been in my, you know, my career for almost 30. So been running the firm for about 20 years. My dad started it. I came, you know, almost 20 years ago and started running that with uh, him and then started um, writing and speaking for the, the accounting space, the accounting firm space. And we started teaching more entrepreneurial concepts there and started my other consultancy about 10 years ago where we it is a um, it's a membership based company that's you know we have a hundred something members all over the U.S. and Canada that run firms and we we teach them entrepreneurial concepts and my partner came in with me about ten years ago her name's Julie and she runs both of those companies with me and so it's combined uh, experience of podcasting so we've had a podcast in one company for about nine and a half years and then we've had a podcast in the other one for about six and a half and of course they've overlapped each other for a good a good portion of that time so that's our story sticking to it huh cool. I'm sticking so to it, it <laughs> so in working with clients and um, having developed the businesses that you, that you've got here what are some of the things you've learned along the way you know, one thing we've learned, and you guys know I'm an EOS um, follower and, you know, all those component books, Rocket Fuel. I think I think as a visionary, I'm a, I'm a solid off the charts visionary. Probably you guys are too. And that, Gino, just so you know, Gino calls it a flaming visionary. <laughs> That's me. 
Yeah, so, you resonate with that, right? And I'm not I'm, sure exactly where the term comes from other than it just means that they're just way off the charts. And I think if they're left to just mess with the business, they're going to burn it down or something. Oh, uh, listen. Back to back to the match plan, right? <laughs> no, that's, yeah, the, that's the right word, a flaming visionary. So, um, well, and that's actually what happened. So I started running my own business, uh, well, my dad's firm, and then I added this other company. And as a visionary, I'm just pitching ideas at the market. I mean, all kind of stuff that I wanted to do. And um, I did almost burn it down. So, yeah, I did burn the company down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, debt, uh, IRS debt, you know, all everything happened. You had a depression. I mean, man, you name it, um, you know, all of that happened. Just a lot of fear in those things. So, um, you know, Ryan, you asked one thing I learned, and I think it, it was really this rocket fuel component where I really am deficient on my own. And, and a lot of the gifts I have are immense and very, very valuable. And I know that now. I even struggled to used to say that out loud, but I know they are very valuable. But my partner, she's a flaming integrator. <laughs> so, um, so, so, she's, so she's we in- refer to it just so, just, you know, we refer to integrators as the missing puzzle piece. Oh, uh, wow. So we got to, uh, yeah, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> you can't emphasize that enough. So, so when she came in and started helping me, really, she came in and started just a lot of operational things to help me catch up things that were lagging behind, obviously. And I'm like, wait, I think you're my partner. And um, so my wife and I took her and her husband out to dinner many years ago and said, I think I want you to be my partner. And um, so she dove into some of the hardest periods of turning these two businesses around at the same time. And they did turn around and they are growing now. And we've gone through, you know, ups and downs within team building. Y'all know that's one of the most intense, difficult things in a, especially creative services business. And um, so probably that's one of the biggest things is that how deficient I am on my own, but how with somebody else, I am, you know, it is rocket fuel. Like I can almost do anything. It means because I'm not doing everything. The things we're choosing to do are the things we know that are going to succeed only because they've been vetted through this model. And so that's just, you know, that's life changing. We went through some, uh, we went through uh, the dregs uh, for a few years and it was pretty painful, but it was worth it. So Jason, you know how horrible it is to get all the way to the end of a puzzle and there's that one missing piece. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> and you can't put the you can't make the picture happen, right? It's it's frustrating. And when you find that piece, you 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 have the complete picture now. Yeah. And so that's what that integrator does. And that is it's it's interesting because it's a different puzzle piece for every visionary. Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit about what was it in her that you recognized and said this needs to be my partner, my bit, my, my missing puzzle piece. What was that? Well, I guess, um, I know, I know a visionary can have an integrator that's not their owner. That's not an owner or a partner. And I guess I knew myself and I had already gotten myself in trouble. So I said, if you do this, I need you to be an owner so that you can love this and care about the team the way I do. And so that you can truly have the power to hold me accountable. Uh, because, some inter- some visionaries can still just run all over their integrator, right? If they don't, if they don't have a an adequate authority, uh, and I just needed her to be an owner. And I think it was really um, she just 
I didn't know fully at the time, but she really just had the ability to do the operational pieces pretty, pretty easily. Uh, integrating was not a difficult task at all. It's not a thing she had to learn. She integrated her life, you know, and homeschooled, you know, three kids for 20 years. So it, she integrated the heck out of them. So, so it, it wasn't that stuff wasn't hard for her, but her drive and sacrifice and commitment ultimately to the same thing I love, which is which is our mission and what we're called to and the people we're meant to serve. She she could love deeply those people just like I could. So uh, and I didn't fully understand that, but she does love pretty, pretty hard when she gets a group of people in front of her that we're meant to care for. And so. Uh, that's what really uh, she loves it the way I loved it. At, actually, when she started helping me, she started l- loving it more and loved it sometimes on behalf of me and would call me to love the things she knows I should love. But I was I was a little bit too dark and twisty to love it at the time. And she kind of helped call me back to the thing that I could love, which is pretty amazing. Pretty wonderful gift. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. Uh you know, we talk about integrator and visionaries, those working together. It's rocket fuel, right? That's the name of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, now, rocket fuel gets us to the moon. It gets us way out there. We have a good time. Or it blows up in our face and mm-hmm. <laughs> it becomes deadly. Um, so I'm sure along this journey, you've had both of those experiences. Yeah. Um, I would love for you to you know, share with our listeners maybe a story of a time that the rocket ship wasn't pointed the right direction and <laughs> kind of blew up. Yeah. Um, and then I'd love to hear a story about when the rocket ship was aligned. Yeah. Well, the rocket ships aligned now every day, uh, but it's, it's, it's not magical. So we, uh, in one of our companies, we lead some, a lot of live events and large conferences too, that people travel from all over the world to come see Julie and I kind of teach them and instruct them. And so what, a lot of times what I, I do all the teaching because I'm the talker and she's not at all. As you, you know, as you can imagine, that's how that works. But they want to know what she thinks because they know she is an amazing part of what we do. Now, a lot of people mistake those things as magical, right? They're like, if I could find a partner like Julie or if I could find a partner like Jason. But what they don't understand that rocket fuel Become when you step into a rocket fuel relationship, you've actually just added a layer to your business, which is the relationship with another person. And you have to work on that, focus on that, care about that relationship. Sometimes you're setting the business aside, right? You're doing same page. You're going, what are you so messed up in your head about? What is going on right now? And it's, you know, it's a, it's a spouse, it's a kid. And so I think a lot of people get into a visionary integrator relationship and they go, now the business is going to take off. But what they, I don't think have realized is that you've just gotten into a relationship and you're going to now care for that relationship in one of the layers. And then the layer of that healthy relationship is what does all of its amazing work to the business, which is the more outward view of what they do. So we do take same page seriously. We spend about 16 hours a week in same page slash strategy type sessions is what we call it. And it's, that's what keeps us healthy. So the business just hums. Um, what hum hums, meaning it has all the hiccups and blow ups that every business has. So, uh, so when I say hums does not mean there's no problems. So, so w- there are times, yeah, we get in fights all the time. 
So, <laughs> so the blowups happen weekly. Uh, and we get in a room and it's like, what are you doing? What, what is going on? And we deal with that. We're kind of setting the business aside. It's like, all right, you know, heck with the clients right now. We're going to get through this, this issue that we're fighting about. And so we deal with a relationship and then come back to the business and keep running it on the page again. So we cannot operate off the page and we don't, or it really, it really doesn't work for Julie and I at all. So, um, so I don't know if that helped. No, you're, I mean, I, I, we get to see this all the time and, and they find that perfect puzzle piece. They're so excited about it. Um, but that piece is exactly opposite of them. That's why yes. it's going to work, <laughs> but it's, it's exactly the opposite. Huh? Right. And, and so they look at it from like a total different way. And you're like, you gotta be kidding me. There's yeah. no way. And, but that's really, you know, we love things that move and, you know, the word traction is, you know, the consistent ability to drive this thing forward, mm-hmm. but that comes with friction. Yes. We, we don't, we don't like that part of it. And so I love the amount of investment I heard you spending between the two of you on building that relationship because that's what's propelling it. Mm. When you started into this, you know, obviously you recognize that we're, hey, we're having some differences. What was it that made you get on a rhythm and then ultimately get to where you're so committed to 16 hours a week of same page working together? Yeah. Well, that was, that was Julie. She, um, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> that, does not, that does not sound like a visionary that decided to have another meeting. Yeah. You're like, duh, Jason, tell it, teach us something we don't know. Right. So, well, what we did is she, we approached our calendar and said, all right, if we're going to win, if we're going to do this, the calendar is a, it's kind of a visible display of our life. Right. And all the time we have available to commit to all the things in our life. So let's tackle this from the strategy of, uh, tackling our calendar, winning at our calendar. And so to run two businesses that are growing with a team of about 18 between the two, we had to figure out our own model and operational structure, what we call strategic calendar work blocking. We actually made up a 12-step process to lay out a calendar. And we teach other people this model uh, to fit all of this into and actually now our team is required to work block they work block their work and their calendars now we don't call what they do strategic calendar work blocking because they're not necessarily strategic decisions but they're still work blocking their their transactional work but what julie and i do is strategic calendar work blocking and so i mean it's it's pretty long but basically we plan our whole calendar a year in advance the whole thing um and you know, when we tell people that, of course, they have a lot of questions because that actually is not possible, <laughs> but we do it. And so there's so many reasons why that works. And so it we grew into that. It took us about five years to grow into fully blocking a calendar one whole year in advance. And there's a lot of strategies and principles we've used to create that process. But we did grow to it over time. Um, you know, so uh, it, it takes time to get to something like that. So when we teach, we teach some courses, some 12 month courses that, that help people do EOS. And the first thing we say is you, to be in this, you have to get a two hour recurring block on your calendar called strategy and planning. So that's the first thing you have to do. And it has to grow to four hours, at least by the end of the year. 
And that's just what it's starting to do is it's starting to wedge into their life, into their work life. The thing we know that needs to be there that they that's not there for them, which is the place to do growth. Right. Because they're busy heads down doing, you know, the the transactional work or whatever, the technician stuff that got them in this business in the first place. And and we're we're hard wedging things into their life, their calendar that are going to allow them to be successful because we're going to give them homework and we're going to say, where does that go? It goes in your strategy and planning block. So the first thing we got to do is get them into that rhythm, that habitual rhythm of placing a, you know, something on their calendar that's going to allow them to be successful. So, uh, so we grow, we grew into this model over time and it just, you know, took a long time to figure it out. And now it really helps us be very strategic and own and manage a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, I always love it when we're teaching clarity breaks, um, you know, and that's that really is that strategic time. Yeah. And every every person has their own cadence to that clarity break. It's a yeah. really it's an art. Um, at first, I remember <clears throat> when I first started taking clarity breaks, um, our business was at a point that it was making money, but. Not a lot. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We've all been there, right? Yeah. And I said, I've got to do this. And so I picked my place and I, it was a Jamba Juice, like a smoothie place here in Phoenix. And yeah. And I would go there and, you know, you almost feel irresponsible. Oh, yeah. Guilty. Yeah, man. Like I'm getting ready to sit down for an hour, hour and a half and just I got a blank piece of paper and I'm just going to think. Like I got calls to make. I don't have the seven bucks to spend on the Jamba Juice. You know, like all of this stuff, guilty feelings. And I just remember all that rushing through my mind. But I will tell you that I have made more money (laughs) sitting in that Jamba Juice, coming up with new ideas that my assistant, my integrator, um, (laughs) she's learned to not like my uh, my clarity breaks as well as I I have found them to be. But... (laughs) But you, you know, you come up, that's when you break up for air, you come up and you're like, what on earth are we doing? Let's change this. Let's move this. Let's grow this. And that's where we break free. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it. Sometimes when we're in the, in the trenches, it's, it's hard to see that. So, oh yeah, no, yeah. yeah. That stepping away is a, is a great success for any, any business owner. I would love it if we could have uh, Julie on the, uh, call because i would love to hear how she talked a visionary into this work blocking because that's not a normal thing for a visionary let's well, be clear oh no no and it yeah we man we duped it out bad <laughs> when she started introducing some of that structure into my life we had a lot of problems a lot of relational problems for sure and but i'm so good at it i'm so good at structure traction and i still get to do all the vision stuff i've learned now but man we fought about it at first wow (laughs) so uh, you know for the listeners here i'd love for you to share some of your fears and how she was able to overcome some of that because i'm a firm believer as a visionary that structure frees creativity it's in that structure that we're able to be free to explore and free to have that creativity Versus just being loosey-goosey kind of all over the place. So, Oh, yeah. What were your fears and how did she ultimately, through discuss, debate, argue, overcome that? Yeah. Well, so a lot of this is commonly true with a lot of visionaries we work with, too, uh, that are struggling in their business is that um, having full uh, 
having the full ability to 100% control all of their time is the thing that they think they need and the thing that they they want, right? So so a lot of their life is is pushed, a visionary is pushing to gain and grab more freedom, what they call freedom. Um, and freedom misplaced is such a dangerous thing for a visionary person. It is really super bad for them. Uh, their minds, their personalities, all of all of what they are is great, but uh, unbounded freedom really for any human is not a healthy thing. Unchecked, unaccountable freedom. And I, but here's the thing: when you own your own business, you automatically get that, and nobody can tell you otherwise. And so I was using it all wrong. Uh, I was doing, I was prioritizing things for me. Um, I was not prioritizing the sacrifice and the commitment and sometimes the emotional drain and the, you know, the energy being sucked out of me that's required in creative human service to other people for their betterment instead of my own. So, so that, that's been some of the hardest things. This, this freedom, this word freedom is I can't stand that word. Sometimes people just seek it out and that unbounded freedom is their worst enemy. And it, it you can't convince them that it, that it's true. And so I don't know that Julie knew that at first, but when she started applying structure, what she was trying to do is just get all this stuff done. She's like, I want to get all the stuff done. You want to get done. Well, it started hemming me in and, uh, put, it started putting structure around me. It started placing guardrails into my life. And, um, you know, we all have a, we all sometimes act in our own tendencies. Mine is to run away and hide, you know, when I'm struggling. So I would just disappear and hide. And, um, Julie's not in for that. So, <laughs> uh, just particularly as a person, if you, if you go into something and you're, you're deeply committed and you disappear on her, it's not going to go well if she has a right to a relationship. So, it went just super bad a, a, a number of times, and it it blew me up that she got so blown up too. So we we just had to just collide into each other extremely hard and deal with it, right? And so we both have always said we're leaving this relationship in a body bag. So that's how we're going to be done. That's how we're going to do it. Uh, we're not going to sell. Uh, we're not selling these businesses. We're going to do these till we're old. And uh, we're not dying. We're not stopping. We're never going to stop. So with that commitment, right, you just you have to face it. And I had to face some of the things I really struggled with. And it was losing my freedom, losing my time. And I thought she was taking all of that away from me. And that was hard on me. So now that you have no freedom, you're in bondage. (laughs) Life's miserable. Right. And you're and you're working on a calendar and work blocking. Right. Um, how would you how would you assess your your life and your productivity as a company now? <laughs> well, so, yeah, so we've uh, we've doubled in size, doubled in revenue. Um, the programs I've always wanted to teach and launch. We've doubled those. Um, you know, the firm is more the advisory type firm that I've always wanted it to be. Um, I don't, I mean, I run a CPA firm and I don't do taxes and accounting and payroll <laughs> and I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I right. get you. Right. So, I mean, sign me up for that. Right. And so, and she's like, what, 
what did you get you? You know, she'll make me say it sometimes, right? Because that that uh, that hemming in uh, creativity within constraints is what we like to tell our creative digital agency clients who don't like to hear that. <laughs> the creativity within the constraints actually bought you all of the things you wanted. It didn't take them away. Because before you weren't getting any of them. So now I get all of the things that I want to do, but I don't get to do everything I want to do. And that that's the thing, right? And we like to tell people, you can't be good at everything and you can't do everything. So one's a skill and one's a time constraint. And it's just true. So, you know, the greatest strategic decisions you make are the ones you say no to. The no's are the greatest places that you win rather than the yeses. The yeses blow people up, but the no's, man, if you get those right, uh, and that's what strategic calendar work blocking is about saying, what are all the millions of things we're going to say no to? That's basically what that, that, uh, that operation takes us through. And then what's left is the gold. It's the gold sitting at the top. And we get, we do it, we get it done. And yeah, so I get all the things I've wanted. So now that your calendar is structured and you follow that, um, and you're in this jail sale called a calendar, you have <laughs> a company that's doubling in growth. It's, right. it's delivering what you always dreamed of. It's you're servicing the clients in the way that you expected. You're getting to right. teach what you want to teach. Right. Um, doesn't, it doesn't sound too bad. No. <laughs> It's not, it's, it's not too bad. And, and she, she and I work hard too. We work pretty hard uh, to run two growing businesses. You know, we, we put in a good 60 hours a week, each of us easy, you know, so we, so we have to fight other things, right? We have to fight balance and things like that. But that's, that's the job of a, of an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs, they suck at balance. Oh my gosh, they are terrible at balance. Uh, in their life. And so that's the thing we're always looking to do and get better at uh, is to balance our life. And so, so we'll, we'll always probably, probably have to, to work on that because now we get to really do a lot of the fun stuff, the good stuff. A lot of that stuff works now. And so we could just do it all the time. It's so amazing and fun, but you have to be balanced for your family and a growing family and things like that. So, you know, so we're all fighting that balance. Absolutely. Well, Jason, I cannot believe that we are already to this time. Um, I've had so much fun uh, exploring a visionary, doing some some calendar and work blocking. Um, and I'm going to make sure that my assistant, uh, Katie, listens to this because <laughs> she has the same <laughs> she has the same struggles that uh, Julie's gone through. So I've had so much fun with it. Definitely, it's been a great time, and uh, so glad that we could share this with everybody here. I love it. Thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. Jason, real quick, um, sure. before we go, you don't do the taxes and accounting and everything else, but you got a firm that does. Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like you've got some great insight into how to grow and scale a business. How do people get a hold of you? How do they find out uh, more information if they want that? So uh, they can go to BlummerCPAs.com, B-L-U-M-E-R-C-P-A-S.com. Uh, they can go to jasonblummer.com. You can find me there and that, that'll that just link you to all the things I've written and our companies. And uh, yeah, and we're on both companies. Thrival is one company, Thrival. 
and the other one, Blummer CPAs. Both of them are on, are on all four of the major platforms. Uh, we I put out a few hours of content a week. And so you can watch a lot of videos about me and a lot of read a lot of articles that I've written. Just Google Jason Blummer and you'll you'll find me a lot. So, so it's easy to find you online is what I heard. Oh, yeah. Just got to go looking. Super easy. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you. Thanks again, Jason. Uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed listening to you and Jeremy. Um, he gets so passionate about this visionary integrator thing. Uh, learned a little bit there, too. So uh, <laughs> thanks again. Yeah. Thank Jason, you this has been a blast. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. And I'm glad Steve hooked us up. It's uh, yeah, he's a great guy. And this is it's been a lot of fun. It's a joy. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by BlueCollarCulture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to BlueCollarCulture.com.